Well, today we kick off a brand new series here at Avenue Road. We just wrapped up our nine-week series, which is all available on our website or our YouTube channel, looking at engaging the gospel, talking about why the gospel is still good news. I hope you felt challenged and encouraged to share the gospel with your friends and your family, and that throughout all of it, you're reminded that Jesus is good news, and that Jesus is good news in any situation. Now today we kick off a short series, just a four-week series looking at Jeremiah. We're going to talk about a couple things uh, that we see in the book of Jeremiah. Now, I wasn't always a pastor. In, in, my, in my jobs uh, leading up to or before I was a pastor or at times while I was working as a part-time pastor, I worked as a carpenter and also in retail as a manager and also uh, just a retail employee. And in those jobs, I've heard an awful lot of excuses. And I think we have a lot of teachers in our congregation, and I'm sure teachers, you have heard some great excuses. I imagine some of you have even heard the classic, uh, my dog ate my homework. Because we're good at making excuses as people, aren't we? You know, I've heard things like, whoa, I don't know how to do that. Knowing that we've trained that person, you know, four or five, six times, and they, they did know how to do it. They just forgot. You know, I've heard, uh, I've actually heard that, oh, I'm sorry I didn't show up to work today. I thought it was Saturday, you know, not Friday. Uh, we've heard the, you know, my alarm didn't go off, or my phone didn't go off. Or we've got the, oh, I have another doctor's appointment, I can't make it. But my favorite excuse that I ever heard was, well, you know, I didn't think that the dead fish was going to smell all that bad, or that the, the, the smell of the dead fish would last from Friday all the way to Sunday morning. And I heard that excuse because I was the one that gave it when I was a youth pastor uh, to our new senior pastor at the church I was working at, trying to explain why the gym smelt like dead fish on Sunday morning from youth group. Because we make excuses as people, don't we? And we make excuses in the church too. We make excuses sometimes when it comes to, to not doing something that God has called us to do. You know, God has called us to do something and we might respond by saying, well, isn't that really the pastor's job to do that? Or isn't that the youth pastor's job? Or isn't that what we have a board of missions for? Aren't they supposed to do all the missions? Or, you know, isn't, isn't spiritual care and, you know, that stuff, isn't that really just all the, the deacons board? Shouldn't they do that for me? You know, uh, isn't it the pastor's job to teach me the Bible? I don't have to read it on my own. You know, we, we hear a lot of those excuses, but my, but my all-time favorite church excuse that I've heard is the, I'm too young or the, I'm too old. Because we're really good at making excuses. Benjamin Franklin actually said, uh, he that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. When it comes to making excuses, we make some great excuses. But we also see some great excuses in the Bible. We see some excuses from people like Moses or David. Uh, we see Jonah making some excuses, but we also see it in Jeremiah. And we're going to look today at some of the excuses that we see in Jeremiah. In chapter 1, God counters each excuse of Jeremiah with a promise. So there's an excuse and then God's promise to that situation. So we're going to look at those things. I'm going to start by reading Jeremiah chapter 1. And I'm going to read verses 4 to 14, and then also 17 to 19. And I'm reading from the NIV. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, and this is Jeremiah speaking, said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Oh, Lord God, truly, I don't know how to speak. I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for you will go to whom I send you, and you will speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of people, for I am with you to deliver you. And then the Lord put his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and pull down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, 
what do you see? And I said, a branch with an almond tree. And the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot tilted away from the north. And the Lord came to me and said, out of the north, disaster shall break forth out to all the inhabitants of the land. And now verses 17 to 19. But you, Jeremiah, gird up your loins, stand up and tell them everything that I command you. Do not break down before them or I will break you before them. And I, will for, and I, for my part, have made you today as a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its princes, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. We're going to dive right into the first excuse that we see here in God's promise. The first excuse that we might often hear, but is here too, is, it's too hard. It's just too hard. How often has you, have you heard that as a parent? Your child saying, oh, that's too hard. I can't clean my room. Oh, it's too hard. I was a camp counselor for a lot of years and I heard the, oh, that's too hard. I can't do that. Oh, it's too hard all the time. Now, to be clear, some tasks are simply harder than other tasks. Some things that we are called to do are going to be more difficult than other things we are called to do. We'll look at Jeremiah for an example. Verse 5 tells us that Jeremiah was called to be a prophet to the nations. Now, Jeremiah's father was a priest, and his grandfather was also a priest. But a prophet is something different than a priest. See, a prophet is chosen and authorized uh, as a person who gets to speak for God. He gets to speak God's message to people, uh, to, to his people. Often we think of prophets as these mystical beings or mystical people that have everything in the future. They're able to see the whole future and tell the whole future. But that's not really true to the biblical story. The Bible says that prophets spoke for God to his people. Their messages were often for the present, though they did have future ramifications. But more often, God spoke to people for the present. Uh, often the prophet's message was God calling them back or people's, his people back to him. And God was calling them to repent and turn away from what they were doing and turn towards him. A priest, on the other hand, would have it a bit easier. I mean, the priest knew what his duties day to day were. He knew what he was supposed to do. The priest knew what he was supposed to say because the words were the scriptures. So he had those things before him. They knew the temple duties that they would do on a regular basis. Those temple duties didn't often change, and they knew that was their job to do those temple duties. They would pretty much know what they were supposed to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Any given day, they, they would know what they were up to. The prophet's job changed from day to day, though. They didn't always know what their job was going to be the next day. One day, they're telling the people who worship Baal that, you know, you're totally wrong and you're all hooligans. And then the next day, they're calling down fire from heaven. And the next day, they're hiding out in a cave because all the people are chasing them. So their, their, their task or their duties would change so rapidly. And sometimes they're called or they were called to really hard tasks. There's no sugarcoating it. Sometimes we are called to do very tough things. Sometimes what God calls us to is wonderfully exciting and beautiful and perhaps even easy and, and we can get through it in a breeze. But often God calls us to do the very hard things. Often the things that God calls us to are quite difficult. But simply because it's hard is not a valid excuse. Because there's a promise here. God might call you to do something hard, 
But that's what makes it possible to do it. Because it is God who has called you. God is the one who has said, this is where I am purposing you. This is where you're going to be. If God has called you to it, you know that God means you're going to be able to do it through him. God said to Jeremiah, he said, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. Before I set you apart, I chose you and I set you apart before you were born. He says that. He says, I chose you before you were born. I had this laid out before, before you were ever born. God handpicked Jeremiah for this hard task of being a prophet, which means that God trusted Jeremiah would be able to do it. Even though it was difficult, he'd be able to get through it with God by his side. And the same goes for you. If God calls you to something hard, you can actually find joy in the being called to that hard thing because you know that God will be able to do it with you. God's going to help you do it. And you know that if God called you to do it, then there's a reason he called you to do it. He thinks it's capable or, or you're capable of doing it through him. Now, the second excuse we see, and, and we've heard this probably in the church, perhaps we've said it ourselves. The second excuse goes something like this. Jeremiah says it in verse 6. Oh, no, no, Lord God, no, no. Look, I don't know how to speak. The second excuse might sound familiar because it sounds usually like, I don't know how to speak or, or I'm not good enough or that's not, I'm not talented at that or that's not my skill set or I'm not smart enough for that. You know, when I started to realize that God was calling me towards being a pastor, I was quite nervous because because truthfully, I do not like crowds. I really don't like crowds. I don't like being in crowds. I don't like standing in front of crowds. I don't like being very close to crowds even. I don't like big groups even, big big social gatherings. Those Things like that make me anxious. They give me anxiety. And so I don't love those things. I've never liked those things. But God called me to this pastoring thing, to this preaching thing. He called me to stand up in front of people and to talk. And I simply had to trust that, okay, God, I don't think that's what I'm good at. I don't necessarily enjoy doing it. You know, I, it scares me, God. It makes me anxious. But you've called me to do it. And so I'm going to trust that you're going to help me do this. I'm going to trust that you're going to equip me to do it. And then I find joy in it knowing that, that God is the one who is equipping me to do this thing that I'm not talented at in the first place. I still don't like crowds. I still don't like big groups. But when I stand up and I start to talk about God or talk about Jesus or talk about the Bible, all of a sudden the anxieties, the worries, all those things are kind of gone. They kind of just take a back seat. I don't think I could stand up and just talk about any old thing. But when I talk about God, those worries or those weaknesses just seem to disappear. It's like God gives me this calmness to overcome those things. He overcomes my inadequacies and my weaknesses. And that's the promise. That even though our talent might seem inadequate for the situation that God has called us to, God will equip us for the task if he has called us to it. In verse 9, we see that it says, The Lord reached out his hand, and he touched my mouth, and he told me, Now I have filled your mouth with my words. See, God equipped Jeremiah for the task that he had called him to. When people have said things like, you know, Luke, how do you, how do you pastor a, your church? I heard it has a really difficult past to it. Or Luke, how do you pastor uh, your church? You're so young and, and there's a lot of older Christians in that. Isn't that really tough for you to do? And, and I kind of laugh and respond and, and just say, you know, just wanted to remind you that it's, it's not through my talent that any of these things are able to be done. It's actually all through God equipping me. Now, I, I, I don't have any talent in these areas, but I just trust that if God has called me to do this, then God's going to equip me for what he's called me to do. I don't have to be gifted at it or amazing at it myself. I just have to trust that God will go with me and help me do it. If God has called you to a task, he will make sure that you are equipped to do what needs to get done. 
He doesn't set you up to fail. He doesn't set you up to watch you fail and go, ha, 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 look at that guy. I watched him fail, right? God's not that kind of God. He doesn't do that. God sets you up and he's going to equip you for what you need to accomplish it. The third excuse. The third excuse is another one that you, you might have heard. Uh, it's perhaps we're familiar with it. Perhaps we've said it. It's not the right time for me. Or it's, it's just not the right time right now. Jeremiah in verse 6 says this. He says, whoa, 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 God, you know what? I'm just a youth, right? Oh God, I'm just a kid or I'm just a child or oh God, I'm, I'm too young to do that, right? He's basically saying to God, oh, not yet. It's not the right time, God. It's not the right, I, I, in a few years maybe. You know, Jeremiah felt inadequate in this because of his age, because of his years of wisdom or, or lack of years of wisdom. He felt that he needed to wait a few years probably before he could accomplish something like this. And sometimes we do that, don't we? God might call us to take a big risk. He might call us to, to quit our really high-paying, awesome job and to go take a, a, a less-paying job and to do ministry in this place. Or he might call us to sell our house and to move overseas to mission work to a place that's maybe scary and maybe not as safe as the nice neighborhood we live in. God might call us to drop what we're doing and go this way as part of his mission. He might call us to make a big financial commitment to a charity or to, to another place. And we might be tempted in all those reasons to say, ooh, God, you know what? Not yet. Not, it's, it's just, you know what, God? I appreciate the offer. Just not the right time for me right now. You know, I got a lot going on, God. Come back to me in a few years. Maybe we'll see what it's like then. We might be tempted to answer something like that. But see, God doesn't work like that. That's not how it works. When God calls you, he calls you. And he works according to his timeline, not yours. So we don't get to use the excuse, well, you know, it's just, it's just not the right time, God. And there's a promise in this situation too. God might call you at what looks like to be an inopportune time for you. But it's just because it's not the right time according to what you think it looks like doesn't mean that God hasn't seen that it is the right time according to what his plan is. God works according to his timeline and his purpose, his plan, not yours. And the cool thing is that God never sends you out alone. Even when it looks like it might be an inopportune time, he's not sending you by yourself. In verse 7 to 8, God says to Jeremiah, he says, Don't say I'm only a youth, because I will go with you wherever you go. Uh, you'll go to whoever I send you, you'll go wherever I send you, and you'll say whatever I say, and don't be afraid, because I will be with you. He says to Jeremiah, God says, you know, don't worry, I'm going to go with you. You might think you're too young, you might think it's not the right time yet, but I am here for you, and it is the right time, because I'm here. I think often God calls us and we say, you know, not yet, God, you know, maybe tomorrow, right? Maybe tomorrow I, I could do that. You know, I just, I got a busy schedule today. Maybe tomorrow, God. And I think we say that so often that we miss out on being part of these amazing things that God calls us to because we keep saying, you know, just not yet. Maybe later, God, not yet. And so sometimes we just have to say, you know, well, God, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this, and truly, uh, from my perspective, it doesn't look like the greatest time, but you're calling me. I'm ready to go. Let's go. I'm ready to go on this journey. Where are we headed to? I'm ready. Right? And so sometimes we just have to say that. And excuse number four, a last excuse that we're going to look at today. The last excuse has to do kind of with the, the, the what of the thing that God has called you to, or the, yeah, the, I guess the purpose, the what God is calling you to do. Sometimes God calls us to do something that uh, we have to do or something that we have to say that might seem a bit dangerous. You know, and it's important to talk about this because it does happen. 
Jeremiah is afraid of where God is sending him, of what God is telling him to do. You know, God has sent Jeremiah images, and those images are not of uh, sunshine and roses and flowers and pretty things. They're, they're images that people aren't going to want to hear the messages behind. People are not going to like hearing the message that Jeremiah has to say that comes from God. And so he's pretty scared about what's going to happen. Jeremiah's afraid to tell this message to people because he's afraid of what these people are going to do to him if he tells them God's message. And sometimes in our life, Jesus' teaching is hard to follow. Sometimes it's hard to do the thing that Jesus has said because it might make people upset or it might people make people angry at us. We might be afraid of what those around us are going to say. There are places in the world today where you can be killed simply for owning a Bible. And so sometimes what God has called us to do is a dangerous thing, and that's a reality we have to understand and live with. But like all the excuses before, God has a promise here too. God says to Jeremiah, he says, I am the one who today, I have made you a fortified city. I have made you an iron pillar. I have made you as bronze walls against the whole land. They will fight against you, but they will never prevail over you because I am with you and I will rescue you. See, God reassured Jeremiah. He says, he says, yes, this is not going to make people happy, but don't worry. I am with you. I will watch over you. I will protect you. They're going to be upset with you, but I'm not going to leave you. I'm right here. I'll keep you safe. And it's important to note here that God's promise is not, oh, Jeremiah, don't worry about it. Nothing bad's going to happen. God doesn't gloss over the reality that this is a dangerous thing he is calling Jeremiah to do. And Jesus says something like this too in John 16. He says, he says to his followers, he says, in this life, you will have trials. You will have tribulations. You will have tough times. He, prom he promises his followers that there's going to be people that are upset with you for being a Christian at times. In this life, in your life, there are going to be people who are angry at you simply for being a Christian. But God promises to help you get through that. God might call you to speak out for what is right and what is right might not be a popular message. But God has already told us that that is a distinct possibility of what it means to be a Christian. And he says that I will be with you. Do not fret. I will be right there with you. I will be with you. I will protect you. I will rescue you. I will not prevail. He says, Jesus says, he says, take up your cross and follow me. And I find that interesting because you know, the cross is not a, a, a beautiful, exciting, joyful image in, in Roman period at this time. It's not something that everyone goes, oh, crosses, yay, right? It's a terrifying image. And Jesus says, you have to be ready to carry that and follow me. He doesn't say, pick up your, you know, your basket of flowers and follow me. It's going to be a great time. We're all going to have lots of fun, right? He says, pick up your cross and follow me. He's saying to his followers, there's going to be things that are dangerous and people aren't going to like, but I'll be with you. When it comes to following Jesus, it is not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be the perfect timing for you when God calls you to do something. It's not always going to be something that you're great at or talented at. It might be something you're terrible at. And it won't always be something that is safe to do. But you can trust that God will equip you. God will enable you. God will protect you. And God will be with you on that journey. No matter what God has called you to do, you can have the courage to step out on that journey by resting in the promise that God never sends you out alone. Like he says to Jeremiah over and over, I will be with you. Don't be afraid. I'll be with you. He always goes with you on these journeys.
God, thank you for your promises to Jeremiah. Lord, thank you that when you call us to your purposes, when you, when you, you set something out for us to go and to, and to endeavor towards and a journey to walk towards, God, thank you that we don't go alone. Thank you that we know and we trust that you're going to go with us, that you've promised you'll go with us. And so you're not sending us out to these places by ourselves, but you're sending us out with you, with your spirit. Lord, help us to not make excuses when you call us to things. Help us to answer, yes, Lord, yes, I will go. God, what next? Okay, I'm ready to go. Help us to be people that, those aren't just words, but those are our realities, those are the way that we live, that when you call us, we say, yes, let's go. Where are we going? I'm ready to go, Father. God, would you give us that kind of courage and conviction and passion? In all this we pray in Jesus' name.